Welcome. You're now listening to Dirty Feet. Bonjour, oui, vous êtes sur les ondes des pieds sales, a.k.a. Dirty Feet podcast on No More Radio. And hosted by... Joanny Ferrand. J.D. Papillon. Alison Burns. Stay tuned, we're going to move you. Today on Dirty Feet we're doing a special episode where we look at the link between music and dance. Uh, with us are three uh, music composers who have worked in a dance context, uh, either as collaborators or as musicians, and uh, we're just trying to delve into uh, the, the link between this the music composition, dance, how this uh, partnership happens. Uh, with us today are um, David Drury who graduated from Concordia with a BFA in Electroacoustic Music and an MA in Sonic Arts from Queen's University. Queen's University in Belfast? Queen's. Queen's, okay. Right. Also is Nance Bortuzo, who is a DJ, a composer, who has worked with Dave St. Pierre, and his music has been in many commercials. And Tristan Henry, who's to, who is studying music composition at Concordia and is a music teacher. So, hi guys, how are you doing today? Good. Good. First of all, I'd like just if you guys could sort of talk about your personal experience, uh, like where you come from, kind of your background, and what led you to compose for the dancers and choreographers. So, Tristan, could you tell us a bit more about your background, um, you know, where you studied, things you've worked on, what brought you to collaborate with dance uh, choreographers? Sure. Um, I'm from Ottawa, and... Um Before what, what? I started... Uh, I'm from Ottawa, too. That's I'm from Ottawa, yeah. <laughs> I think we went to the same high school, actually. I went to Canterbury High School, which is an arts high school in Ottawa. <laughs> Both of my sisters were actually in dance. I'm going to have to interrupt you really okay, quickly, yeah. because we just recorded an episode where that same conversation took place. So, <laughs> yay, uh, Canterbury High School yeah, in Ottawa. It was a great arts oh, yeah, high school. Definitely. Okay, thank um, you. Yeah, it was the same. Both my sisters were in dance at Canterbury, so even... You know, they're four years and ten years older than I am. So when I first started playing um, the piano at the age of five, they were dancing to me playing the piano. So basically, since as far as I can remember, playing music, there was never not a dancer to be around to dance. Um, after that, my sister then became a choreographer. She now teaches at the School of Dance in Ottawa and um, choreographs there. And she uses my music still. So it worked out pretty well for both of us. <laughs> What is her name? Nicola Henry. Cool. Shout out to Nicola Henry. Nicola Henry. And what about you, David? Where did you come from? What brought you to Compose for Dancers? My background originally actually was nothing to do with music. I started studying uh, philosophy and math uh, originally at McGill, and then I 
was uh, really not feeling it. So I moved out to Vancouver for a couple of years. And when I was out there, I started experimenting more with electronic music, got my first kind of samplers and keyboards and whatnot. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was uh, a dancer and choreographer. And so a lot of my early experiments kind of just blended in with stuff that she was experimenting with. And uh, from there, I decided to get more serious about it and do a degree at Concordia in electroacoustic composition and maintain ties with dancers back here in Montreal and uh, have worked on several pieces since then. And did you benefit from Concordia having a dance program at the time? Did you compose for a lot of people in the, in the uh, dance program? I, I actually didn't write anything for Concordia dancers at the time, but since then I think I've almost written exclusively for Concordia dancers. So, I mean, I've done a couple of pieces with people like Andrew Turner, uh, Kelly Keenan, uh, uh, I think a couple of other Milan Gervais, uh, other Concordia graduates. So there's, there's somehow been a Concordia tie-in. Et non, si tu peux nous parler un petit peu de ton parcours, de ce qui t'a amené à composer euh, pour la danse. Moi, en fait, à l'origine, je viens de France, de Toulouse plus précisément. Euh, J'avais commencé à étudier vers euh, 14-15 ans le jazz, en fait, au conservatoire à, à Perpignan d'abord, à Toulouse. Je suis allé aussi à Paris. Et puis, je suis arrivé, en fait, euh, à Montréal il y a environ 7 ans. Je pense que le jour même où je suis arrivé, j'étais hébergé par un ami qui m'a qui m'a demandé de l'aider à faire la musique sur un spectacle de danse. En fait, c'était Catherine Godet, c'était son premier son premier show. Et puis c'est ça. Donc j'ai je connaissais pas du tout la danse. Et puis ça a commencé comme ça. Après de fil en aiguille, j'ai rencontré d'autres chorégraphes. Puis j'ai travaillé avec d'autres chorégraphes à Montréal. Et, et c'est beaucoup ça. Quand j'ai fait du jazz, au bout d'un moment, je suis beaucoup parti sur la musique électronique. Donc quand je suis arrivé à Montréal, c'est beaucoup de ça que je me servais comme style de musique pour travailler avec les chorégraphes. Mais euh, je fais un petit peu tout. Le jazz, c'est quand même bien pour, faire une, pour être polyvalent et faire plein de genres de musique différents. Là. Et, euh, et puis voilà. I find it uh, interesting that it seems that personal relationship has a lot to do with uh, the inspiration to start uh, creating music for dance. And um, I want to know what else you get out of it or why you kept going. Because as a dancer who's worked with musicians and composers before, it is such a treat. It is such a joy to have uh, your work kind of taken such care of by a musician. And I want to know what, as a musician, you get out of creating music for dance as opposed to creating music for other mediums or for yourself well i think i think the um you're right on picking up in the sort of personal relationship thing because um for me what uh remains really vital about working with dance is the the very human aspect to it in that you're you're working with people you're working with movement you're working with some very tangible very basic fundamental things whereas if i'm scoring a film or uh you know writing for a public installation thing there those are great things to do as well but there's much less of that direct satisfying human contact and feedback and whatnot so that's what definitely keeps me kind of returning to dance as a is part of it that it's spontaneous, that, that you can make those changes quickly as opposed to film where you would have to go back and edit or? Yeah. I mean, spontaneous, like instantaneous. Um, and, and yeah, that, that the idea of having uh, reaction there as opposed to kind of working to a non-living digital image <laughs> that, uh, you know, is not quite as... I don't know, satisfying. Yeah, I, think, I think Dave says it really well. I mean, it's, um, for me, music has always uh, inspired movement. Like, I've never, you know, good music always, it doesn't matter if there's a beat, doesn't matter if it's just an ambient tone, um, you know, in the back of your head. Uh, either way, it inspires some sort of motion. And I think, you know, especially you know, different genres of dance have different styles of music kind of go with them. But I mean, modern dance for me has always been great because there's, so many different genres of, of music that, that work with whatever they're, whatever the choreographer is trying to say or whatever the choreographer is trying to do. So, you know, the different music that you can give them can inspire them in different directions, which uh, I find really interesting. Et pour toi, Nance, qu'est-ce que t'en retires de, de cette collaboration entre la danse et la musique? 
en tant qu'artiste euh, euh, C'est complexe, là, comme... Euh, euh, comme question. C'est toujours un peu délicat, la musique et la danse, euh, surtout la manière de procéder pour, euh, pour arriver à faire la musique pour un spectacle de danse. Moi, ce qui m'avait surpris au début, en arrivant, c'est que souvent, le chorégraphe crée sa chorégraphie, et puis la musique vient à la fin, en dernier... Donc c'est un peu difficile, là, c'est faut, 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 euh, faut vraiment... Euh, le gros du travail en musique arrive plutôt vers la fin de la création. Puis c'est assez, assez rechant. Euh, c'est beaucoup de, de rencontres humaines, en fait, sur beaucoup de projets. Euh, ça, j'aime beaucoup. C'est aussi une manière, moi, contrairement à d'autres, euh, je n'aime pas l'électroacoustique, c'est souvent un style qui est utilisé en danse contemporaine. Euh, moi, je viens d'ailleurs. Et... Euh, et donc en fait, euh, on vient pas me voir pour cette musique-là, pour faire une musique typiquement électroacoustique pour la danse. On vient me voir pour faire un peu tous les styles de musique dans un projet de danse. Et moi, ça m'amène à me dépasser, à visiter des fois des styles que j'ai jamais pratiqués, j'ai jamais joué, et ça me pousse un peu à aller plus loin et à explorer des horizons que j'aurais jamais fait tout seul. Ça, j'aime beaucoup aussi. On that note, just it, it, with the concept of, of having somebody come forward with their idea and their work already and asking you to score it as opposed to uh, you know, writing an album or something where you're starting with whatever you decide to start with. And that idea of through restriction comes creativity. Is that part of the draw? I would, I would say yes, definitely. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned like the in choreography often or in, in working with choreographer often they'll they'll come up with their choreography and then come to you and ask for music after though I've, i have experienced it i guess in three ways where one way it's it's uh like that where they have the choreography and then they ask you can you score this basically and then i've also worked with it where it's i need music to start my choreography on mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously there's the third option of i guess the in-between where you can you know, be part of the entire creative process of the choreography. And I know that that usually has happened for me when you're, when you're playing live with the, uh, with the final product, you want to be there all the way through to see it, um, see it build and make the decisions you need to make as it goes along. That's an interesting way of working, creating a piece for somebody to, to create their dance work on. Mm -hmm. I like that. It's, it's much more rare from, from what I've seen. Yeah. Like I remember, uh, at Concordia, we had a class with, uh, Gaetan Leboeuf, who's also a music composer for dance, and he was saying that, you know, this, this process where it's in parallel pretty much the whole time is just very rare because of money restraints. Mm. I don't know if it's something that for you guys uh, has happened. Donc, uh, souvent, le, le processus qui est vraiment parallèle de création, où uh, le, le compositeur et le choréa vont pouvoir bâtir quelque chose euh, du départ jusqu'à la fin euh, c'est souvent rare d'après ce qu'on m'avait dit parce que pour des raisons euh, financières donc souvent c'est le, le courrier faut pas assez d'argent pour pouvoir payer un compositeur pour créer de cette façon là donc pour vous de quelle façon est-ce que vous le ressentez est-ce que c'est quelque chose que vous avez l'occasion de faire souvent ou est-ce que c'est quelque chose qui est plutôt limité ben en fait, euh, c'est plutôt rare hein, de travailler du début à la fin euh, euh, comme en étroite collaboration pour que la musique soit vraiment euh, calée avec la danse ou que la recherche musicale nourrit la danse et la danse nourrit la recherche musicale. Généralement, c'est vraiment euh, à la fin, moi, 90% du temps, c'est à la fin qu'on qu qu travaille la musique. Et d'ailleurs, souvent, les chorégraphes ont du mal à faire ça. Ils vont plutôt préférer travailler les mouvements, la recherche chorégraphique. Et c'est difficile de se de partir dans toutes les directions, de penser déjà à l'éclairage en même temps que tu crées la, de penser aussi à la musique. Donc ils vont, ils vont plutôt partir vers vers le mouvement et gérer les, ces choses-là qui pensent comme plus externes à la fin. Et puis c'est un peu, à, ben moi j'essaie de m'adapter. Donc je vais voir les répétitions, je vois où ils en sont, puis j'essaie de travailler derrière en même temps que que le chorégraphe avance. Généralement, au bout d'un moment, ils se retournent vers moi, vers la, vers la fin du processus. Et là, j'ai déjà des, des idées, j'ai déjà plein de choses. Et je propose des affaires. What about for you, David? How's the process? Uh, I think I think it's it's ideal to have the composer as integrated as possible in the creation process. And I'm always kind of saying that, but the reality is that it's it, it is rare and it's often a money issue. Uh, I mean, often they're you know, a choreographer won't even know if they're going to hire a composer because they're waiting for a grant that's going to let them know if they're going to have money to do that. Um, I think when it is integrated, there's, there's, you achieve another level, um, 
with the marriage of of the music and and the dance. I was um, I was in Berlin last year visiting my sister, and I uh, met up with Brendan Doherty, who's been writing for Meg Stewart for the last couple of years, and he's talking about her process where it's totally integrated and like he's there at every rehearsal and like really really working intimately with the evolution of the choreography and you feel it that said there are very few choreographers who are sort of placed in the way that next to it is but uh yeah especially in quebec mm -hmm. i feel that people really have this big company where the money is more constantly flowing in is pretty rare there, yeah. there are a few companies but Well, I guess if you're if you're doing the uh, the music pro bono anyway, then it's easy enough to show up at the rehearsal. For for me, I just go down a floor, right? So it's uh, it's uh, eighth floor is the music, seventh floor is the uh, dance. So I've been able to go to a lot of rehearsals and follow process pretty pretty tightly. Sometimes, not all the time though. And uh, actually, I'd like to discuss a bit the financial question because it is something that plagues dancers choreographers and i would guess also in your field music uh, it is probably a bit of a constraint sometimes do you feel that sometimes um, even though a project might not be paid as much that that the artistic value would be the main interest in it and you wouldn't really be getting paid your normal salary for something like this or uh, not at all like being pro bono like tristan was saying do you feel that you have time to give for that or do you feel that because you need to take your work seriously you need to always be on the same rate for everyone artistic value be damned it's a, it's a tricky question i think uh for for me at least i mean i i make my living writing music and working in sound so i do have to always maintain a level of professionalism in that um, because I, you know, I'm always going to have the same rent to pay and the same, you know, whatever recurring bills. Um, but that being said, I've definitely taken on many contracts, specifically in dance, that are paid very little mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> because ideally I can balance that out with other contracts that are paid way too much. I was once told by a composer, I'll do this for you for free, but don't tell anyone that I did it for you for free. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> well, I yeah. can't tell you. <laughs> I've said too much already. Yeah, I, I guess, Dave, like, maybe I'll end up in your, in your situation because I'm, I'm still in school. I have other sources of income, so I really have barely ever been paid to write music for dance. So for me, I'm like showing up and putting in the extra little bit is just, um, It's experience for me at this point, and it's still me trying to get myself out there for all the choreographers in Montreal to know that, mm -hmm. you know, once once you do have a grant, once you can hire a composer, come come looking because remember that time I did music for you for free kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, the financial question is funny because I've haven't hit it yet, I guess. So, yeah. is it something that's at the back of your mind? Um, or not so much. I guess so. I've always kind of had this idea that my music's free, my time isn't. I mean, I also haven't been too pushed for bills, and <laughs> I have another source of income teaching music, so, you know, but I'm, I'm sure eventually I'll have to, you know, buckle down, like you said, and be like, no, um, I can't really do it, because, you know, like, the the time busing there is going to break my wallet, so. Except for your friends. For your friends, you'll do projects for free. Most likely I will. I'll have probably a hard time saying no to them. So don't worry, JD. I'll still do it. Good, good. Thank <laughs> you. I, I think maybe uh, just one last little thing. Um, also, I, I, there may be a misconception among some choreographers as to how much time goes into creating a score. Like it's huge. Yeah. I mean, I can only speak for myself, I guess, but like I put a lot of time into these scores. And like I recently had a choreographer come to me with a piece, uh, and this is like an established choreographer, like who's been around for a long time and whatnot, and like that the amount of money he was offering at first i was just like are you are you kidding like that's you know if i broke that down by hour you'd be paying me you know buck 50 an hour or something you know like it's so i think i think there has to be an understanding there that like the creation of a score is like very labor intensive so it yeah. does yeah our, our time is not free necessarily and it takes a lot of it so yeah because yeah, it's true you can spend about you know like i don't know 12 hours on 30 seconds and just revamping sure. it and changing yeah. the subtlest little things that yeah 
Et non, c'est pour toi au niveau de la question financière. Euh... Ouais, mais c'est sûr que si on veut faire de l'argent là, faire la musique pour la danse, c'est pas, c'est pas le, c'est pas la bonne direction à prendre. Pas <rire> mal tout ce qui est relié à la danse pour faire de l'argent en général, c'est pas la meilleure voie. C'est pas une bonne idée. Mais euh, c'est, ben, au Canada, c'est beaucoup un système de subvention pour les spectacles, donc euh, les, les chorégraphes ou ceux qui veulent faire des spectacles, même en théâtre, ça dépend beaucoup de combien tu vas avoir avec les subventions. Euh, moi, ce que je fais, c'est, euh, je m'adapte au budget qui est disponible donc c'est jamais les mêmes tarifs euh, ça dépend de est-ce qu'il y a de l'argent est-ce qu'il y en a pas sur ce projet là et puis des fois c'est même juste un service que je rends ou c'est gratuit euh, parce que ça, ça, ça a l'air d'être un projet intéressant puis j'ai envie de le faire et j'ai du temps libre à ce moment là alors je, je le fais pourquoi pas ça m'est arrivé plein de fois mais euh, oui c'est sûr que c'est ça ouais. l'argent c'est pas ça fait ça, ça monte et ça descend c'est pas c'est pas des revenus réguliers là entre autres, faut faire avec ça. I'd like to discuss this because you guys are composers. Uh, you've got other gigs on the side, I would suppose. Just you know, saying that you're a music teacher. Um, Nance does uh, music for you. You uh, disc jockey for Les Imprudences. Mm -hmm. So, how do you fill your time? Like, you know, you've got this this background in music. What do you do to make ends meet? Uh, do you also work on your own personal projects? If you could tell us a bit more about like stuff you do orbiting just composing for dance. Uh, for me, most of the the money would come in on more uh, commercial music related things, whether it's actually commercials or uh, web stuff, kind of more more corporate kind of um, uh, jobs. Um, then there's the composer side of what I do, which would be working with dance or working with theater or working on film or whatnot. And then I also have a practice, uh, which is more of installation based kind of practice. So I've, uh, produced a few pieces that were sort of, um, location based installation works. I'm working right now on more of a gallery piece that I'm hoping to finish by next spring. Uh, that side of what I do generally tends to get funded mostly by grants. So I've sort of got those three volets. I've got maybe the low paying artistic composer stuff, the like grant funded installation stuff, and then the rent paying commercial work. You've been part of, if I'm not mistaken, the, um, the visual installations at the Places Arts, the videos, mm -hmm. uh, like when people walk in the big corridor, there are always like a bunch of videos presented there. You've, right. Could you tell us a bit about that? Because it's been a collaboration between artists from many different backgrounds. Yeah, it was. it's something that was conceived and uh, directed by uh, my friend Thibaut Duvernex at uh, Département. And Thibault is very close to the world of dance um, and often employs mostly dancers as his, his uh, comédiens, his actors, whatnot. And I've worked with Thibault on lots of projects. And for this one, we created a, a score for the mosaic. He wanted things that were sort of in a song form and reflected a lot of the, the kind of both kind of playful and sometimes dark. And sometimes it's, it's, uh, I mean, you have to sort of see the mosaic to get an idea of it. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's for me is a, a beautiful marriage, something like what Departement does where there is a commercial side to it, but they're also employing artists from many different fields and you're getting a really interesting creative product coming out, um, at the other end. That's kind of an ideal for me in terms of a model. I, as I'm still in school, spend most of my time, um, at school, still working on, um, classes that I have to take to finish this degree. When so are you finishing, by the way? I finish, well, it goes well at the end of next year. I'll be finishing. That is the ETA. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm still taking, you know, courses. I, I was taking piano, so I was taking up enough of my time practicing like three to five hours a day. So that was a lot of it. Um, other than that, as you said, I'm a music teacher. I work at um, preschools. I teach ages like 18 months to five years. So really young kids. We sing wheels on the bus and have a lot of fun. And uh, other than that, I'm just, I'm composing and trying to get my music out there as much as possible. Um, last year, I had the pleasure of having uh, an orchestral piece of mine be read by L'Orchestre Symphonie de Lille. I uh, also got my music into a a play that was uh, premiered. It was a master student uh, play at um, UCAM. It was called Gundé Sable. 
and uh, still this year I have um, some quartets later this month that will be playing some of my music and just trying to just also, trying to get stuff recorded. You also have a band, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I do. Like a two-man band. A two-man band. We just added a bass player. Okay, three-man three band now. Now it's a three-man band. Um, that's my band DBM, and um, we sort of do electronic acoustic music and trying to sort of bridge some gaps but that's uh that's a whole other thing i would say than composing because there i'm just playing drums which is uh, i have fun i have fun doing it yeah it's good times <laughs> et non c'est pour toi tu peux nous parler un petit peu de tes projets euh, qui orbitent autour de, de tes projets de danse mm-hmm. en dehors de la danse euh, je suis aussi dj pour les imprudences en fait depuis cinq ans euh, ça j'aime beaucoup parce que c'est comme un concept où tu tu crées avec euh, t'improvises un peu la musique en même temps que les danseurs puis c'est comme très euh, très c'est pas très courant comme activité puis quand t'es DJ c'est pas ça normalement qu'on te demande de faire et puis c'est comme un défi qu'il faut réaliser j'aime ça toute l'activité un peu comme ça où faut où ça pousse en avant je tripe pas mal de, dessus euh, je compose aussi pour d'autres euh, d'autres domaines artistiques que la danse, le théâtre, et depuis quelque temps le cirque, beaucoup. C'est comme ça, en fait, que je complète euh, des revenus en dehors de la danse, là, mais c'est beaucoup que la musique que je fais. Au niveau du cirque, pour qui est-ce que tu as composé exactement pour, ben, En fait, c'est pour les sept doigts de la main. Pour le dernier spectacle, c'est qu'ensuite, mm-hmm. c'est en train de tourner en ce moment. Et puis, plein d'autres petits projets, ils m'appellent régulièrement pour, pour faire des choses. C'est, c'est mieux payant que la danse, le cirque. C'est ce qui m'aide à, c'est ce qui m'aide à boucler les fins de mois, on va dire. Ah bon Et tu as également un, un band aussi. Ah oui, c'est vrai, j'ai un band aussi, Nansenat. Et euh, vous pouvez voir sur internet www.nansenat.com. C'est pas mal de la musique électropop. Là, on travaille sur un deuxième album en ce moment. Et puis, euh, c'est ça. Donc, euh... I had a question for you guys. Um, maybe if some choreographers or dancers are listening that may have not um yet used musicians uh, i know when i used to choreograph i never really did that i guess i was afraid of uh, there being a miscommunication just because when you choreograph you're you know sometimes so involved in your piece and you don't want it to maybe take a different direction that may change the work so i was wondering how how little you need to know about a dance piece if you haven't seen it or even if you've seen it how little or how much you need to know before you start for you very, the very beginning of the process when you start recording or I don't know how you work in the studio or in your mind or at home like how how much or how little of the dancers or the choreographers you need to know to start last semester I did a piece for um uh, Cassandre Licabo and I walked in she asked me to do the music I walked into one of her rehearsals watched it I think they ran it twice and I went home and wrote the music So that was like the least I've ever been involved in in a choreography. But other than that, there's been times where I've been there, as I said, every single rehearsal, pretty much watching it, watching it build. Really, you don't, I would say, I guess, I guess I'm going to say that it depends on, on the choreographer, depends on yourself and the piece itself. Because sometimes I think you can know very little about the piece and still be able to have something that works very well. Other times uh, you need to know a lot and then you might actually end up with something that doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it kind of go both ways. Okay, what about you, Dave? Having worked with uh, established choreographers, I I think uh, as as maybe Tristan is saying, I I think it depends on what the choreographer is wanting the score to bring to the piece. So I've actually had choreographers deliberately want to tell me very little about the piece and have me kind of go and write okay. so that it would infuse an element of uh, like a disparity or something into into their process um others are much more interested in having you know the choreography really fully kind of like sizzy and understood and whatnot it really depends it really depends i mean i uh, writing music is a, is a is an interesting process always and it's always going to be slightly aleatoric so i mean if, if you can know a lot or know a little and sometimes the results won't be that different you know <laughs> i mean the important thing for me at the outset is to uh i'm i'm usually looking for one kind of inspiring kind of like a pissed direction whatever and then once i have that and it can come very quickly or it can come slowly then i just kind of go go to it cool yeah. 
Finalement, c'est beaucoup. Euh, je trouve faut beaucoup dialoguer avec le, le, le chorégraphe pour savoir vers où il veut aller, qu'est-ce qu'il veut exactement. Euh, euh, c'est pour ça aussi souvent qu'on voit des chorégraphes qui travaillent souvent avec le même euh, le même compositeur. C'est parce qu'au bout d'un moment, les deux se connaissent bien, puis on va directement sans trop parler, on sait directement là où il faut aller. Il euh, y a des fois où c'est difficile, euh, parce que moi je vois qu'il y, y a deux types de, de chorégraphes, il y a ceux qui savent exactement ce qu'ils veulent en musique, puis il y en a qui ont vraiment une culture musicale importante, ils écoutent tout le temps de la musique, ils font beaucoup de recherches, ils ont carrément des, euh, une oreille de musicien, à force avec le temps, ils repèrent les cycles, ils repèrent les affaires, et donc avec eux c'est assez facile, parce qu'ils savent exactement vers où il faut aller, ils sont très précis dans ce qu'ils veulent, et, euh, et on va vite là où faut aller, puis il y en a d'autres qui savent vraiment pas qu'est-ce qu'ils veulent exactement, alors là il faut tâtonner, ils ont du mal à exprimer euh, qu'est-ce qu'ils aimeraient avoir comme musique ils ont du mal à, des fois ils le savent un peu au fond mais ils ont du mal à trouver les mots, à trouver le langage qui va avec la musique pour dire ça et là faut tâtonner et euh, là des fois c'est long parce qu'on arrive avec des petits bouts de musique mais ça marche, ça marche pas, où il y a des doutes, où on hésite des fois avant la fin du spectacle tout change, il y a souvent le doute qui s'installe vers la fin, puis il faut comme tout enlever puis tout, tout refaire c'est le plus long parce que même ceux qui savent pas exactement ce qu'ils veulent, ils savent par contre ce qu'ils veulent pas. Donc euh, tu arrives avec quelque chose, c'est non, non, et puis euh, le oui vient plus tard, il reste plus beaucoup de temps pour travailler. Et euh, mais c'est beaucoup, moi je me, je me cale beaucoup sur le chorégraphe. Et quand il sait vraiment pas, là je viens avec des idées selon ce que je vois. Je travaille des fois beaucoup avec la vidéo, j'enregistre ce qui se passe sur scène, puis après je regarde ça tranquillement chez moi, puis j'essaye je, des choses différents petits bouts de musique et je vois ce qui va le mieux. Ça c'est quand j'ai carte blanche et puis euh, le chorégraphe sait pas trop où aller musicalement et je prends je prends le relais alors. Ouais, c'est sûr que pour les danseurs peut-être le, le, comme tu disais le langage ou les le, 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 les mots pour dire telle telle ambiance rythme euh, je sais pas quel en fait qu'est-ce que quel mot tu dirais qu'un danseur pourrait utiliser pour être pour être clair dans ses dans ses propos je sais pas que ça fait du sens ce que je dis. Ouais, je vois, je vois très bien ce que tu veux dire, mais euh, je sais pas, il y a, euh, c'est délicat. Euh... Qu'est-ce qui t'aide, toi, euh, des mots qui disent « Ah, ok, là, je sais par quoi je commence. » Ah, moi, je vais fouiller dans la discothèque musicale euh, du chorégraphe. Souvent, ah. ça donne beaucoup de réponses. Tu regardes les CD qu'il écoute, la musique qu'il écoute, les spectacles, ah, okay. les shows de, de danse qu'il aime bien. Et tu te rends compte que musicalement, il y a un lien aussi. Il n'y a pas juste la chorégraphie. Mm -hmm. Ça donne une bonne piste pour commencer, ça. This delicate balance of negotiation between choreographer and musician, I often wonder about overpowering in either direction. Is there any sense of holding back when you're creating music for dance where you don't want to steal too much attention? Or is that, I, you look confused, is that never crossed your mind? I would say definitely. I think that's an important thing to consider. I mean, there are times when, yeah, you'd want the music to, to stand out, but um, I'd say the majority of the time you, you are kind of the accompanist, you know, um, then again, a lot of dance doesn't use up ear space, I guess you could say. So, I mean, you are, um, some dance, you know, obviously they'll, they'll, there's words that they're saying or there, there, there's noise that they're making that it, that does add to the music. If, you know, that's not the case, then I think there's enough room for kind of both, um, arts to shine, you know, you're, you're, you're heard, but not seen, whereas they're seen, but not heard, I guess, unless they are heard. Because sometimes, you know, dancers do recite poetry or sing songs in the middle of their pieces. So who knows? Those crazy contemporary yeah, dancers. <laughs> exactly. How about you, David? Uh, I think that's, that's, uh, always an ongoing question. Um, it's, uh, I personally, I think I, I, I sort of, have tendency to to want to create something with some kind of gravitas or some kind of like presence and then i usually have to like fight that back down and think about you know the piece as a whole and like um <clears throat> where that's going to be appropriate and where it's not and the more sparingly you can use that like strong presence in the sound the more effective it is So if you have if you have like a you know full throttle rock and roll soundtrack from start to finish, you know that's oh, Schechter. <laughs> that does its thing, but it doesn't allow you that kind of like modulation, which is what we really feel when we're engaging with dance or with theater. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely an ongoing question for me. So it can be a tough one. Well, that sounds like storytelling to me in a sense that you're creating kind of a path 
uh, of ups and downs. And, um, how is that different than when you create like a, like an album or something like that, or just a song that you wanted to have peaks and valleys? How is it different? Uh, I think it's different in the sense that, um, there's another kind of balance when you're writing for performance in that, um, you're not, just going to be listening to that music in the dark on headphones. Mm -hmm. There's always other stuff going on. You're in a physical space that you're very keenly using your eyes. Mm -hmm. You're aware of people around you and whatnot. So it's a full sensorial thing. So the music doesn't need to always have to have your attention. Mm -hmm. And the way that you can kind of play with that is is, uh, a beautiful art in and of itself, right? Great. Thank you. Sorry, I'm just on your note. Mind. Uh, I think it's like it's a matter of like program music, right? Because the music is specifically for a different kind of art form. Whereas you know, when you're writing an album, it's just music for the sake of just the music. It has no other real, um, you know, maybe maybe that music will get used for something else. But in its ultimate creation state, it's just it's programmed for the dance. That's what the reason of it being there for. You know, I, it's said about um, good scores. A lot of good scores in, in films, if you don't notice the music, then they kind of did a good job. <laughs> you know, like if it, mm-hmm. if it fit perfectly, then mm-hmm. it never was a problem. It was never abrasive. It never grabbed your attention. Then I guess it was okay. Yeah. I feel that way. Or I've heard that about lighting as well for performance. Right. If, if the lighting's done well, then you're not aware of it. Yeah. yeah. And that is never a problem. <laughs> Great. Yeah. For now. Non, pour toi. En fait, je trouve que ça dépend beaucoup des gens parce qu'il y a, il y a quelqu'un qui va venir te voir à la fin d'un spectacle et te dire qu'à ce moment-là, la musique était, euh, était, était, il y avait, s'il prêtait trop attention, il y avait un son qui l'attirait trop, puis ça l'a sorti, puis d'autres qui ont même pas fait attention à ce passage-là. Donc ça dépend des gens, comment ils perçoivent la musique, ce que ce que tu as vécu musicalement, qu'est-ce que tu aimes bien, qu'est-ce que tu aimes pas. Et euh, moi, je, moi, les deux dynamiques sont intéressantes. J'aime bien quand la musique aussi prend le dessus. C'est, c'est, c'est autre chose, mais ça peut être intéressant. C'est un sujet qui revient souvent, en fait, aux imprudences, justement, parce que puisque le principe, c'est que l'arbitre annonce, un, annonce une improvisation, ici, fait là, ça démarre. Donc les danseurs démarrent, et à la musique, euh, je démarre aussi en même temps, mais on ne sait pas trop qu'est-ce qu'on va faire à ce moment-là, on ne sait pas parler, donc il y a deux possibilités, où je laisse partir les danseurs d'abord, et ensuite j'essaie de trouver de la musique qui va aller avec ce qu'ils font, et m'adapter à eux, et leur laisser de la place, ou alors direct, je pars une musique que j'ai envie, avec le style et la, la dynamique que j'ai envie, et puis eux doivent s'y coller. Et donc ça se voit tout de suite que les danseurs s'adaptent à la musique, et c'est la musique qui est prépondérante. Et, euh, et je l'ai fait souvent, et moi je trouve que les deux sont bien. Alors il y a un débat là-dessus, c'est vrai, souvent aux imprudences, mais moi j'hésite pas des fois à démarrer fort. Là, je... la musique est importante aussi en danse, alors elle peut prendre le dessus. That's actually bringing me to uh, to question the role of musician, composer as performer. And I don't know if you guys have had experience performing on stage along with the dancers, or just like you know, having your presence physically done and made on stage during a dance. So not so much a performance, but just being present there and how you feel about that. Like, is it something that you enjoy? You enjoy being right next to the dancers, you like being on stage, or would you rather just be in the shadows or at your console or just in a recording form? I mean, pretty simply, like most of what I do uh, is pretty laptop-based and studio-based as in the composing side. I mean, there's a whole other plethora of things that get involved, but um, when I'm performing, it's usually laptop-based, and I don't find it particularly interesting as a performance. So I generally, if I'm performing alive with a dance score, I'll put myself behind the console. I won't put myself in the field of vision because I'm not generally what people are there to see. Well put. <laughs> but really? Because I, I feel that <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yes. bringing really. my own opinion now. This is funny. And having worked uh, with Tristan on shows before, <laughs> he knows that I like having musicians there on stage because I feel that musicians, even when it's electronic music or electroacoustic there is so much presence in which case are doing even if it's behind your laptop and i feel that having this direct uh, relationship between the person who is creating the music and the movement on stage and just the way that you guys move when you uh, when you have an effect on that soundscape on the music and everything there is something very rich about that and 
you know, personally, this is something that I like to do. And sometimes the squirming of musicians on stage as they're performing can be really interesting too. Did that sound really like just... Um, so basically, you want to have us on display. Yeah. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Like in a box I or something, that. right? Like, just watch us squirm. There yeah. is a lot of truth, <laughs> in my opinion, group. about musicians who are performing live on stage next to dancers. Yeah. I, and, yeah. I, I think it's definitely like the, the organicness of it is, is great. You know, it, it really draws to the attention of the fact that you know, you're in a studio. If you're in a black box, it's a studio a lot of the other time, you know? So it, it brings in the kind of relation of like the technique class, you know, in your, in your technique class, you're always working with live musicians, maybe not always, but often they're working with live musicians. So it kind of brings them back to, I guess, the basis of their dance training, I guess. But as Dave said, I, I, I think, I think there's a lot more, like we're not the ones being visualized. Like we, we're not the visual art, you know, like the dance is the art, the visual art. We should be off in the shadow making noise kind of deal uh i do appreciate what you say jd like you and i have argued about this like countless times where he's like i think you should be on stage and i'm like no i don't want to be on stage i want to be <laughs> hidden behind the pillar over there personally for me it's it's just um like you know you don't need to be you know i don't need to be seen you know i need to be heard that's 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 what i do that's why i want to do it it's not um like i'd be happy to be a blank face you know <laughs> in that case so uh, i also think there's something kind of magical about Sometimes when you hear a, a band or a musician perform and you can see what they're doing, I think some of the magic can be actually lost because then you're then you're kind of actually going like, oh, okay, well, I see they have that little sample pad and they hit that and they touched that and they turned that knob and that's how they got that sound. Whereas if you can't see what they're doing, you're kind of like, okay, so either that was a computer that had a pre-recorded cello that he added something to that made it sound like this, or quite literally, there's actually a cello back there, you know, and like kind of gives that... I don't know, wonder or magic of like, I wonder how they actually made that noise. So that, that's why I don't like being seen because often I'll make noises where it's like, you thought it was one thing, but it was another thing. Tricked you kind of. So I find it fun. Yeah. And also, for toi, the relation entre être un performer sur scène ou plus être en arrière scène, en coulisses, qu'est-ce que tu préfères? Comment t'abordes ça? Performer? J'ai fait un peu toutes les configurations, j'ai déjà joué sur scène, fait la, la régisson je la fais souvent pour des shows, les shows où j'ai fait la musique ou des fois d'autres shows où j'ai pas du tout fait la musique. Et puis euh, j'avais fait un show en 2009 avec Norman Marcy où c'était beaucoup des spatialisations de sons, plein d'ordinateurs. Avec C'était quel spectacle ça exactement Puis d'Angers, c'était au Théâtre La Chapelle. Et j'ai fait aussi une fois performer, jouer, mais aussi être sur scène avec les danseurs. Ça, je, je suis pas, j'ai pas très aimé l'expérience. Fred Gravel, c'est beaucoup ça, par exemple. Ouais. C'est chaud. Euh, c'est quand même pas évident. Là, tu te retrouves sur scène à côté de danseurs qui ont du charisme, qui sont bons, qui savent bouger avec leur corps. Toi, là, c'est pas, t'es pas, t'es pas expert là-dedans. Là, je pense que ça se voit. Je suis pas à l'aise là-dessus, en tout cas, ça c'est sûr. Euh, pour pour euh, performer sur scène avec les euh, les interprètes là. Mais euh, sinon, tout, tout ce qui est musique. Euh, J'aime bien toutes les configurations. À partir du moment où ça va dans un domaine que je maîtrise, qui est vraiment dans la musique. Ouais, c'est bon. I'd like to know what you guys listen to. What kind of uh, music you like to hear? What's on your iPod? What's on your uh, réveil matin? Um, what do you dig right now? Yeah, the question is today. To, yeah. I've always <laughs> noticed when you ask a musician, like, what's your favorite band? It's a very unfair question because, like, I don't know, I'm ever-changing. So it's, what's what's your favorite band, like, this week is a more... Uh, what's agreeable, going on now? yeah. What's going oh. on now? Okay, it's a more agreeable question. I would say. I have for Tristan, I guess right now is Baroque music. Yes, I've been listening to a lot of the Bach family, all of them, and other than that, some um, hip, jazz, hip hop, a little DJ Cam Quartet, who I'm really, really into right now. As with Tristan, it changes all the time, and it's widely eclectic right now. I've been listening to uh, like the collected. Organ works of Messian. I saw oh, a documentary on so some of his uh, organ works, and they're just yeah staggering. Yeah. So I've been listening to those yeah. obsessively. Euh, ouais, c'est marrant ça comme question. J'ai un ami qui est passé chez moi la dernière fois, puis qui a, qui a passé deux semaines chez moi. Je l'ai hébergé là, et puis euh, il m'a dit qu'il était surpris parce que j'écoutais jamais de musique. <rire> <rire> Et c'est ça. Et je lui ai répondu justement que je travaillais tout le temps dans la musique, alors que quand j'étais chez moi, souvent, je... il y avait du silence là, l'histoire de... Je pense que les danseurs, ils sont pas tout le temps en train de danser sans arrêt. 
Et puis c'est ça, mais j'écoute beaucoup de musique électronique. Euh, j'ai pas beaucoup la mémoire des noms, alors pour sortir des choses, mais j'aime beaucoup en ce moment le dubstep. Donc les euh, comme Scream ou ces choses-là. La musique anglaise, j'aime beaucoup. Euh... Et puis quand j'écoute de la musique, en fait, ça va souvent être, je prends un morceau que j'aime bien, et puis il va passer en boucle toute l'après-midi. Histoire qu'il me rentre dans la tête et que j'entende je, les sons exactement comment ils sont placés. Puisqu'en fait, quand, quand tu as fait de la musique, tu n'es plus capable d'écouter la musique euh, la même façon. passivement. là Donc tu analyses toujours ce qui se passe dans la musique. Mmh. Et puis, euh, puis c'est ça. Hein, donc euh, je, je tourne le morceau en boucle et puis euh, j'essaie de voir comment c'est fait. J'essaie de refaire pareil. C'est du travail en fait hein, d'écouter la musique. Piggybacking on Joanie's question, do you see a lot of dance? And if so, what are you attracted to? And do you go for the musicians or do you go for the dancers? Uh, I, I go see a lot of dance, yeah. What am I attracted to? I suppose what I'm really attracted to is dance that, that brings me into kind of uncharted territory. I mean, a few shows that I've seen in the last few months uh, that have done that would have been... Uh, Benoît Lachance last show. Actually, the show this last weekend at, at Usine C. Um, is that Grez? Yeah, I forget yeah. the title. It's now Everything is yeah, Gonna Get Worse and Worse, title. My Friend, or something. But uh, she's she's a very intense performer and uh, really kind of brought some some powerful, powerful spaces into that theater. Um, so, yes, I go see, I go see a lot of dance. Uh, not always motivated by musicians, usually by choreographers. Donc, euh, la question, en fait, pour la répéter, euh, c'était euh, si vous allez voir beaucoup de spectacles de danse et quand vous y allez, est-ce que vous vous concentrez plus sur la danse, la chorégraphie euh, ou sur vraiment l'aspect musical qui est apporté à la danse? Euh, je sais pas trop, en fait. Je vais voir des shows de danse, ça c'est sûr, je vais en voir beaucoup, là. Euh... Mais je sais pas, j'ai l'impression que je regarde peut-être, je suis attiré peut-être par ce qui me plaît le plus dans le spectacle. Ça va changer d'un spectacle à l'autre. Des fois, je vais grincer des dents à cause de la musique. Puis des fois, je vais, euh, je vais triper sur comment bouge spécifiquement un interprète. Qu'est-ce que tu as vu récemment, si tu te souviens des chorégraphes que tu as vus ou des, des spectacles que tu as bien aimés Moi, le dernier que j'ai bien aimé, c'était Je suis un autre de Catherine Godet. Ah, okay. Et puis, euh, j'aime bien, en fait, par exemple, dans ce spectacle-là, ce qui est bien, c'est que c'est très, ça prend au trip, il y a beaucoup d'émotions, et puis c'est pas évident de faire passer euh, euh, de l'émotion avec la danse, euh, parce que ça parle pas à tout le monde, le, la danse contemporaine surtout, et euh, c'est un spectacle qui avait l'air de prendre au trip un peu tout le monde, même les gens qui s'y connaissent pas en danse, et ça c'est bien, je trouve ça cool. I always think that I, I don't watch enough dance, at least I, I feel like I don't go to enough dance shows, but honestly, I actually think I go to probably about double the amount of dance shows I go to see music performed live. Um, monthly, there's the Studio 7 at Concordia. I'm not sure how much that counts as a professional dance show, but uh, that's always a blast, so I'm always there. I haven't missed a Studio 7 in two years now. <laughs> Who produces that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, JD here produces that. J.D. Papillon and Pascal Jensen. Pascal Jensen. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, there's always the Concordia dance shows that I've usually had something to do with. My music's usually in there somewhere, so I'm often going to those. Often my friends' pieces, I go to see them too. Uh, whenever I'm back in Ottawa, my sister has performances at... Um, They don't call it Place des Arts. They call it Arts Court in Ottawa. At Arts Court, there's often uh, performances that my sister's involved with that I go see. Um... Other than that, I'm a sucker for ballet, so probably about once a month I find myself watching Swan Lake. So, that's just how that is. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask you a question about your comfort level with affecting the choreography, I guess. Like, how, how comfortable do you feel giving your opinion on the choreography as you're working with a choreographer? Do you ever feel like it's just not your place? To, to give your opinion about the movement? Or do you feel that sometimes you say, you know what, like at this point, this might be a bit, you know, overdone or you should do this differently, having worked with quite a few choreographers, each of you? Like, how do you approach that? Um, I would I would say, first of all, it depends on who, you know, like, I mean, once you get to know a, a person in general, they'll kind of know how they react to criticism anyway. So... Um, 
you know, I guess also a mood can come into it because you don't want to, uh, if it's a stressful rehearsal, you don't want to be like, I think you should do a, a split Russian there or something. And they're just like, what are you, <laughs> what are you even saying? You're the composer. Go sit in the corner with your drum and bang it. You know, like, just don't talk to us. We're moving over here. You just go and be sound over there. <laughs> so I think it's a good question, but I've often not felt comfortable enough to actually like really give a strong opinion i mean lightly a suggestion or a little like hey that was cool you should do that twice not once you know but um i've never tried to step in too much because it's it's i don't see it as my place yeah this this came up actually in this talk i was giving last week at, at uh to uh class at concordia first and second years i guess um <clears throat> how it's interesting that it's sort of an accepted kind of norm that the choreographer will totally give pointers and critiques on you know minute elements of the music but you'll rarely have the composer step up and like critique you know a minute element of of the movement um and i i, I think that's kind of with good reason i mean i'm not a choreographer i'm not trained in movement i i will give uh feedback and criticism more on like a dramaturgical scale so in terms of like what kind of mood we're building up how long it takes to get there what effect is being created here in the totality of music lighting movement and whatnot but in terms of criticizing elements of choreography i would i rarely do that I still think that your opinion would matter as a as an as an outside eye, I guess. Somehow, I th as, any as comment as is good. I think. Enance, pour toi, euh, cette relation entre le compositeur et le, le chorégraphe, comment est-ce que tu la ressens Est-ce que tu trouves que des fois tu as la liberté de texte, ben, de, de de donner ton opinion sur le spectacle qui est produit mm -hmm. et pas seulement sur la musique euh, Sur la chorégraphie, euh, moi généralement, je donne pas mon opinion. Je laisse le chorégraphe euh, faire comme il l'entend. Et puis il y a suffisamment de doutes déjà dans la création d'un spectacle. Je pense que si c'est pas explicitement demandé au début et que tu, tu viens régulièrement donner ça, 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 ça crée du doute encore plus supplémentaire. Et puis c'est une histoire de goût souvent. Euh, si tu vas donner ton opinion, c'est souvent sur des, des trucs que toi tu, tu voudrais que ce soit peut-être différent, que ce soit mieux. Et puis on le pense tout le long, c'est sûr. Mais en même temps, c'est une histoire de goût parce que il y en a d'autres qui vont penser le contraire. Et puis le chorégraphe, lui, ça, il trouve ça bien. Mais il y a des spectacles sur lesquels c'est clair dès le début. C'est comme plus une création collective. Et bon, c'est sûr, il y a un chorégraphe, c'est lui qui fait le spectacle, mais il veut bien que tout le monde donne son opinion. Puis là, là, ouais, je le fais généralement. So I'm just going to ask a quick question about copyrights. Uh, so when you compose music for a choreographer, do you retain any of the rights on that score, on that music? Could you sell it as an album if you wanted? Could you pass it on to a different choreographer if they asked you? How does that work? For me, because of sort of what we talked about before, uh, I generally retain all the rights to any music I'm using in a choreography um, unless they want to somehow give me a lot of money and buy the rights to it I don't I like it's I'm I'm working for very little generally so I would at the very least maintain the rights to the music to use again I would I would never think of using it with another choreographer um, but uh, I've thought about releasing different elements that I've done just independently as, as work. Yeah. Would that be work that could be uh, used for uh, like other choreographers? Because maybe somebody hasn't seen a piece that you've worked on the music for and uh, they would actually want to use it somehow. Well, then they would approach me and I would say, well, no, actually, this has been huh, used yeah, fair enough. by another choreographer. Right. Yeah. If... You know, maybe like Nike approached me. And so <laughs> This is a message to Nike yeah. out there. <laughs> David Drury, look him up. He's waiting for your call. <laughs> Thank you, JD. Um, I, I don't know what to say about this because this is a very interesting question. I've, I've, I've never actually had the situation where someone's wanted to use something that's already been used. I mean, I, I guess it's come up where they've been like, oh, like I've given someone a, a list of demos and they've been like, I really liked this one. And then I went, oh no, sorry. That was, that was already used in, in a, a choreography last 
last term or whatever. The problem or the reason that I didn't really, I guess, allow them to use it again is because it was the same school, same department. And it was like, do you really want to just use the same, like, here you have a composer, you're looking for original music. Why use something that's not original at this point? Even though it's original and I did it, it's still been done, you know? So, like, let's do something new. Other than that, on the copyright grounds, I, I, uh, I think music should be out there and I think it should be free. I mean, uh, to each his own. Um, personally, I feel I write music most importantly for it to be heard. So whatever that entails, if it can be heard, then good on it. And, um, I think there's a certain amount of what I write that once it's finished and once it's been performed and public has seen it, then I don't really own it anymore. I kind of think public owns it at that point. So... Ça dépend un peu des, euh, des contrats. Euh, euh, dans le meilleur des mondes, c'est sûr qu'on devrait normalement toucher euh, une rémunération à chaque fois que le spectacle est diffusé. C'est un pourcentage sur le nombre de places euh, qu'il y a dans la salle, le prix que le public paie l'entrée, tout ça. Mais ça arrive uniquement sur les gros spectacles. Mais en danse, souvent, euh, faut juste laisser tomber ça de côté et puis... Euh, puis c'est un peu le même sujet que sur combien on est rémunéré ou euh, comparé tout à l'heure en fait. C'est normalement, normalement il faudrait payer le, le compositeur, mais en danse on le fait quasiment jamais. Moi, moi je poursuis cet angle souvent avec euh, avec les chorégraphes, même, même les indépendants, parce que souvent s'ils peuvent pas vraiment te payer euh, au début d'un projet, c'est une autre manière de dire ok si le projet a du succès. Mais mm -hmm. c'est pas énorme, c'est peut-être une cinquantaine de dollars par représentation, un pourcentage de leur euh, cachet en gros. Mais pour moi, c'est une autre manière de dire, ok, peut-être l'argent, genre le ah ouais. premier show que j'ai fait pour, pour Andrew, il y avait quasiment pas d'argent pour me payer pour composer mm -hmm. le, le, la trame originale. Mais ensuite, il y a beaucoup tourné avec ce show-là, alors c'est revenu à un montant comme... Ah, c'est une, ouais, une bonne idée, c'est une bonne idée, c'est vrai. Ouais. Ouais. Moi, je laisse souvent de côté ce, ce, cet aspect-là, en fait, voire même en danse, j'y prête jamais attention, là, mais c'est vrai que ça peut être un bon moyen, en fait, si le spectacle tourne beaucoup, de, de récupérer, parce que souvent, les cachets pour les musiciens, c'est pas les vrais cachets qu'on devrait donner, là. Ouais. Euh, c'est vrai, often um i i've heard that certain composers of jingles and stuff have kind of gotten screwed where they've said oh, okay no like i'll just take the 500 now and then subway's been using the same jingle for i don't know how many years and that composer may have you know not not gotten his his money worth because they they bought him out soon kind of thing he didn't realize it was going to be a huge success so so there's a question there there's a bit of a gamble there yeah definitely Except for in dance, sometimes it's like, do you want no money now or maybe some money in the future? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely take maybe. <laughs> uh, thank you so much uh, for for coming on the show, talking to us about the link between music and dance. It was really interesting. Before we go, if you guys could talk about either like long-term projects you have or if you have bands, just remind us of what you're taking care of right now and also websites so yeah. you can find your yeah. your sound moi il y a mon band que j'apprends dans Sénat vous pouvez aller écouter sur www.nansat.com je vais travailler cette année sur un spectacle au TNM en fait je pense pas que je peux trop en parler parce que je sais pas encore ce qu'il faut que je dise ou pas c'est vrai c'est juste en création c'est du théâtre et sinon je travaille sur un show que je vais faire moi de, de danse qui s'appelle il euh, n'y a pas encore de nom, c'est okay. vraiment au tout début du processus de création, ça va être dans deux ans, alors euh, je peux pas non plus dire beaucoup de choses parce que c'est un début, ça va être beaucoup de technologie et danse mélangée, multidisciplinaire. Euh, sur ton site, sur danseborthuse.com, il euh, y a beaucoup d'informations sur l'ombre portée. Ah oui. Ça c'est quoi exactement C'est ben ça en fait. C'est celui-là, <rire> ok. C'est ça. <rire> et donc ça, ça va être présenté, est-ce que tu sais déjà où ça va être présenté oui, je sais, mais euh, c'est vraiment le début. Là, j'en je, parlerai plus longuement, une, une, peut-être une autre fois. Mais ouais, il y a des infos sur cet endroit-là. Là, là c'est vraiment un, un tout début. Et c'est juste parce que j'avais envie, avec le temps, quand on fait des, des spectacles, quand on fait la musique pour les autres, à un moment donné, on a envie... Parce que 
avec le temps, ça revient un peu à la question qu'on qu parlait tout à l'heure, ou qu'est-ce qu'on a envie de donner notre avis sur la chorégraphie pendant que les chorégraphes sont en train de, de créer. Ben, avec le temps, au bout de plein d'années, euh, on travaille sur beaucoup de shows, on développe un regard quand même et on développe euh, une critique. Et puis des fois, ça m'arrive de travailler dans des shows puis de me dire « Ah non, moi j'aurais pas fait ça comme ça. » Ou alors euh, « Mais là, il va dans la mauvaise direction, il faudrait revenir en arrière. » Et puis je me dis, il, au bout d'un moment, tu dis ben, « Moi aussi, j'ai envie de, de, de créer pour voir euh, qu'est-ce que je peux faire avec tout ce que j'ai appris. » Parce que ça équivaut, au bout de 7 ans, 8 ans, ça équivaut presque à une formation universitaire. Parce que tu as, as fait comme un stage intensif de danse avec des chorégraphes pendant des années et puis tu as, as développé quand même des aptitudes pour faire certaines choses là qui sortent de la musique donc, euh, donc l'ombre portée c'est ton projet que tu as commencé et pour, euh, sur lequel tu collabores avec plusieurs collaborateurs oui c'est ça mais ça peut encore changer euh, okay. ça peut encore évoluer euh, c'est vraiment juste et ça va être un spectacle de scène ou un spectacle, un spectacle de scène, de scène. Ouais. Okay. Mm -hmm. donc on peut regarder nancebortuzo.com pour plus d'informations et mm -hmm. voir ça où ça va être présenté dans le futur. J'ai une bande qui est en train de se mettre un album en um, novembre, je crois, quand l'album est sorti. Nous sommes juste ajoutés à un autre membre, donc vous pouvez checker nous en ligne. Le site est www.d-b-m.bandcamp.com. Autre que ça, j'ai écrit un ballet court que j'ai essayé de trouver un chorégraphe pour choreograph for. Uh, I had one for a while and then she was busy and it didn't happen so the word is out. If anyone knows any good ballet choreographers send them my way. That, that hopefully will be, I don't know, done this summer. I mean really who knows. I have the musicians I just don't have a choreographer so find me a choreographer. <laughs> I'm working on a couple of projects right now one of the main ones is as I mentioned earlier an installation piece that I'm hoping to present uh late spring early summer uh i'm in negotiation with a couple of places right now um as for a location any any info can be my website is uh dubline.com d-u-b-l-i-n-e.com so info can be found there other than that dance wise um working sort of long term uh on a new show with andrew that won't probably see the light of day until 2014 sometime um and you know other projects are always popping up as we go along great thank you all so much for coming in today thank you so much guys thank you, thank you. <laughs> Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet is produced and hosted by... Alison Burns. J.D. Papillon. Joanie Ferrand. And distributed by No More Radio. You can find more about our show at nomoradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. And you can find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Tune in next week for a whole new show. 